The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. Welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia, episode 211. I am your host, Ryan, and I am joined by Chris and Jacob, and we are back, and we are playing with power. Guys, how you doing this week, Chris? Doing really well. Uh, having a crazy week, but I am thankful for everything going on in my life, so it's been a good few days. Yeah, how about you guys? I'm well. Um, yeah, you know, life just marches on every day, and I'll be 30 next week. Wow, it's kind of crazy, so. Wow. I know. Gosh. Wonderful. I mean, that's, that's a good age. I miss being a teenager. Yeah. 31's hard, but 30 was great. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Can't I feel like exactly 29. the same as as when I did in my 20s, so, like, don't stress about it. At that's least not good. yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone still thinks at work, they think I look like I'm... I kid you not, they think I'm, like, 21 or 23. They're shocked when I tell them I'm about to be 30. Great. I'm like, well, that's what happens when you take care of yourself. <laughs> well, you know, the people that think you're 23 don't like you, because nobody likes you when you're 23. That's right. They don't like you when you're 29 either, so kind of screwed. <laughs> 29 might be the worst year of my life, just saying. We love you a lot, Jacob. <laughs> well, we have a few too. days left, so there's still time for it to be the best year of your life. Yeah, I mean, there's been some good stuff, I guess. That lady in so the guys, background there. I've got an important question. What are you radical accent about? Um, well, <laughs> I, can I? I'll All go right. first. Go for it. Um, what am I radical rexing about? Well, um, I have Lindsay here tonight. She's playing my Switch, and she I made her a profile. Um, <laughs> actually, is. Uh, you guys, everyone knows our artist, Kyle. He actually made his own profile on my Switch a long time ago, and I just deleted his name and put Lindsay's in there. And uh, <laughs> she's playing Mario Odyssey for the first time, because I told you guys we've been playing Mario 64, um, and she's never, I mean, she never experienced anything past 64, polygon graphics much, and um, so I guess that's a major difference in graphics and gameplay, but she's, Definitely. she's playing it, and... Um, I think she likes it, so. <laughs> She's doing it while we record, that's for sure. But she brought her card of Mario 64 so we can continue to collect all 120 stars. Good. Where are you guys cool. at uh, with stars so far? Oh, man, I think we're, like, we're in the 90s. Not bad. We have 90-some stars. Um, so 95 stars is what Lindsay said. Stellar. So we're, we're getting there. Um slowly but surely kind of going back and finishing up you know the 100 star coin 100 coin stars and, and levels that you just don't you know there, you know it's kind of funny there's a lot of levels when I revisit it that I don't really have too much fond memories for like I remember like not liking this level or didn't like the music in that level and um, mm -hmm. I'm figuring that out as I revisit it but I mean I still love the game as a whole it's a fantastic game but um, 
yeah, so we're doing that. Write a correction about that. On my birthday, yeah, I you know, this Friday, if anyone can make it, I'm going to have guys over and just play some video games uh, for my birthday. Um, Ryan, I heard the Indiana um, mask mandate is officially done on the 16th. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, and the numbers are climbing, so I don't get it, yeah, but make, whatever. Yeah. I'm still going to wear a mask. Makes perfect sense, but you, I'm just saying, come on over, man. Take, check your temperature. <laughs> we'll be here. You can... Hey. Switch is portable. You can just sit in the kitchen, and we'll stay in the living room, so... I'll, pr- I'll probably drive there, you know, sit out in my car and play with you guys, but, you know, I, I want to be there. Whoa, just whoa. don't want to... I don't think the Switch <laughs> Wi-Fi is that good to handle that distance, so... Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, you're more than welcome to come. Chris, you can make the jump over a couple states if you want to. But, it's uh, a couple states. Only 10 hours, yeah. Well, what games do you have in mind? Because maybe we could play something online that day. Well, we'll definitely play Smash. I intend on uh, buying the... I don't have the Steve downloaded yet, so I'll probably do that on Friday. Um, I mean, yes. I got 12 minutes with him. Oh, yeah. So How was it? I, that's what I'll be right before about. Okay. Steve, um, I mean, mainly that's what we do. We just play a ton of Smash, honestly. Um, sometimes we pull out other games, depending on what it is and what who's there and what people want to play. But a lot of times we mix it up, too. And we'll, like, we love to throw out old retro games and play, you know, like the GameCube and stuff and revisit old things. So um, I don't know what we'll do. I still don't know officially all who's coming, so we'll see. I mean, it could just be Traven or Knight for all I know, so... Uh, but we'll, well I'll, I'll definitely keep you posted. But um, Radical Rexing about, um, really, just that's about it, I guess. I mean, not a ton new stuff coming up. I want to know more about, I don't know. We were kind of getting spoiled with news there, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, definitely. Like, literally, it's like every week there was some news drop from... Since, like, the Mario 35th anniversary, we literally got, like, an announcement every single week. And that was, like, the mm-hmm. big week topic of, oh, this week in gaming. And now it's like, oh, man, something else, you know? So Well, now we're actually know. starting to get those things, those things that were announced. So I guess yes. we're just in that phase, but I'm still hoping for a couple more things. Yeah, I just, I feel like I want a one more big Christmas game, you know? And we don't have that yet. And uh, I'm just like... I mean, Hyrule Warriors looks fantastic. The more they showed off, I'm I'm so happy about that and the and the story that I see. Like they showed off a like the Yiga is that they're called Yiga the Yiga yep. clan. They showed off like a trailer with them today, and there was just some yeah. mysterious character at the end who looked like a really bad dude. And they, like, Aghanim, I'm telling you, it's Aghanim. <laughs> you think it's Aghanim? <laughs> or how you pronounce his name? <laughs> well. It looked really interesting. So I'm really curious if they're going to start introducing, like, key characters um, to the Zelda story that happened, like, before Breath of the Wild. Like, mm-hmm. there's it, there's something intriguing about that, you know? Makes you want to learn about them. Like, what else happened? Which might give give way, in my opinion. We'll save this because we got our Zelda predictions episode coming up soon. But next week, actually. But, um... It's really interesting thinking about, like, events that we're going to see in Hyrule Warriors. I, I promise you, they're going to show some story elements that didn't happen in Breath of the Wild and are going to take more place in Breath of the Wild 2. I guarantee it. So, I'm excited. That That's pretty much all I've been Radical Rexing about, though. Um, 
Yeah. What about you guys? Chris? Uh, <clears throat> well, I haven't really had time for anything lately. School's just drive me crazy. I'm in like all these different programs now and they all started like at the same time. But um, besides that, I just got an email that my Joy-Con is finally getting mailed back to me. So uh, oh, so that's great. Wonderful. Or at least it would be. And Except I just found out right before I got here that my other Joy-Con is now drifting. So oh, now I have to no. mail that one. <laughs> to mail the right <laughs> one. So, uh, Which is fine because honestly I just, I like I said I have so much stuff going on. But um, yeah, over it. Yeah, and I, honestly, it didn't really take too much time. It only took like three weeks or so. So I, I can live another three weeks, and hopefully it'll be done for a while, even though I don't use them that much. But um, <laughs> otherwise, gaming-wise, uh, I've been picking up a few weirdo indie games lately. Um, I went kind of far away yesterday to pick up this game called Skullgirls, if you guys heard of that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fighting game. Uh, yeah, I was like, I didn't really know anything about it. I still kind of don't because <laughs> I popped it in for like five minutes, but um, it looked really cool. And it's. Is it Switch? Yeah, yep. It's oh. Skullgirls yeah, Second all about Encore. That game. Yep. I didn't know it came out on Switch. Yeah, it's. Or physical, even. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I had to drive pretty far for that one because it's actually. I have the last one in New Jersey that was, uh, that was being sold. So. That was nice. Nice. Um, yeah, it looks really awesome. cool. Very stylish and weird, and I love it. Something different, you know? Cool. And um, I'm hoping I can get into, like, fighting games because of it. You know, it just seems strange yeah. enough. Uh, picked up this game called Freedom Finger. <laughs> if you heard of that one. I guess it's made <laughs> by... like uh, a DS you know? game. <laughs> uh, I could see it being on the DS, kind of. But uh, it's basically... I think it's made by the people who make Rick and Morty. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, this show's fine to me, um, but I just thought it was such a weird idea for a game, so got that. I got uh, Load Runner Legacy in the mail. Um, huh? I haven't played uh, any of those games, but I hear they're really good, and this one's supposed to kind of, like, harken back to its, you know, retro roots, so I hope mm -hmm. I get some enjoyment out of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, two more things. Um... I've been playing Little Inferno. I love Little Inferno. Nice. It's very strange. I don't know why I love it. I don't know why I bought it, <laughs> but I love it. You just like burn random things and you see how these items like interact with each other in the fire. And there's this like little subtle story that happens in the background as well. So it's for something different. And I had a lot of fun with you guys. I don't know if I mentioned this last time uh, when we played Federation Force together. So that was yeah. mm, yes. That was fun. I had a really a really great time and hopefully we can jump back into that again. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. What about you, Ryan? Cool. Uh, Jacob, I am really surprised you didn't radical rex about that other game that you were playing. <laughs> Jump rope challenge? Uh, no, no, <laughs> that other one that you picked up for like really cheap and uh, you said it was terrible. <laughs> that ma that bat game? Yeah. Mac bat or whatever Mac it was. Mac bat 64. I think is what it's called. Oh, it's it's awful. I mean, <laughs> it really is terrible. When I, mean, I see why it's like two bucks. Some it's called MacBat sixty four, and it looks like basically it looks like um, Laylee from Ukulele, and uh, mm -hmm. it looks like Laylee as a sixty four bit bat. Um, it's not made by Platonic, and um, it's just terrible. I mean, it just looks like some dude made it in his bedroom 
as a high school project, you know, for his <laughs> for his computer class or something like that, for like a, a senior project. That's what it looks like. It's terrible. I mean, <laughs> I figured two bucks. What the heck, you know? Did you get it because it looked like Laylee and you were hoping to get something ukulele-ish out of it? Yeah, and it looked like I mean, 64 is my favorite uh, retro system. So I, I am a sucker for games that look like, you know, the polygons and stuff like that. 64 polygons. And I thought, you know... I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's... It's not trash, per se. It's just not fun you know <laughs> so it's you know that you can definitely tell it's a one person thing so um, yeah yeah so that, um yeah. what i'm rexing about uh it's kind of a mix of things i did get my joy cons yesterday my three that i sent off and i got them back <laughs> and repaired um this time they didn't salvage my sticker i think they switched out the joy con casing so American. Um, it's okay. It. The the Zelda sticker that I had on there was mostly white. There was no graphic left on it, so I mm. didn't complain about that. Breath of the Wild <laughs> ones. Yeah, yeah, that one. I, they were well worn for sure. Yeah, what yeah, color Joy Cons do you have? Uh, the ones I sent off were gray, yellow, and red. Oh, the Mario red. Like uh, the Mario red. Okay, cool. Yep, yep. Cool. And they're all left Joy Cons, of course. Naturally. Mm, that makes sense, <laughs> I guess. Oh, I said it was yellow. No, it was green that I sent off. Oh, um, oh sorry. It was Mario Red, green, and gray. Cool. There we go. Got it straight that time. Um, and then uh, I, before I hopped on on here to, to record tonight, I got about 12 minutes of uh, Steve action. I uh, got to play Enderman. Uh, feels really comfortable, actually. He's a little faster than I thought, but he's got like these weird angles as well. Um, I apologize. My audio goes all weird. It says I have a poor connection. So, uh, you sound fine. But fine. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Smash Brothers is pretty cool. Steve seems pretty cool. I'll have to pick up those uh, those me costumes here soon. Um, but nice. I'm excited. I am excited to spar against him. Um, he's got a lot of edge game, and uh, Young Link has some trouble with that sometimes. And so I'm kind of curious to see how I can overcome his his weird edge game uh, mechanics. So mm-hmm. that'll be kind of fun. Uh, and then also, uh, college, I got confirmed, uh, that I'm going to be going to school. Uh, it's, uh, 1150 Academy, uh, for coding, um, you know, start in November, uh, and then end in, uh, May, hopefully graduate and, uh, Better. have a coding job. Congrats. to spring Congratulations, on, uh, that's fantastic. With, so. Wow. I think that's a really yeah, good fit for you too. I do too. Kinda I hope like, it goes uh, well. It's kind of like, why didn't you do it sooner type of thing, to be honest. Like, <laughs> well, better late than so never. much sense. Learning right. basic computer code, and then hopefully from here I can jump up, jump on into C Sharp and Unity, and start working on my AR VR experience. So. Ryan wanted to always go to Digipen back in the day. Um, <laughs> I was not smart enough for that. Nintendo Power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He was, he always, that's where he always wanted to go. My math was terrible, so they never would have let me in. But yeah. me too. Still. What made you think of it, Ryan? What made you want to go back? Um. Honestly, just I saw a friend on Facebook and I saw that they went to 1150. I was like, okay, what's 1150? I'll check it out. And it was like, coding. I'm like, okay, cool. And then they have some free coding classes. I'll, I'll log on there and check them out. And I signed up for the classes and both times something came up so I couldn't actually attend the class. Um, but then they sent me this like admission thing and said, hey, you know, check us out. I'm like, why not? Let's let's go ahead and just like apply. Just, just have fun with it. And then uh, I found out like you know, with the Indiana, um, the CARES Act or whatever, 
um, and and some other kind of finagling, I guess. Um, I was able to go to the school for basically free. Um, nice. I had to put two hundred fifty dollars down, um, which is refundable if if I graduate. So. Um, and then, like, as long as the funding's there, and if not, I'll pay it back. No problem. I've paid student loans before or what, what have you. But, you know, it seems like it's not going to cost me a dime, you know, out of pocket other than I'm get, or it's going right back in my pocket anyway. So cool. Um, as long as I keep up with the schoolwork and everything, uh, it'll be pretty fun. I'm a little anxious because I might be starting a new job, too. So balancing new school plus balancing new job is going to be a bit intense. What, what's but, the new uh, job? You know, um, I don't know if it's going to happen. I just submitted a resume to a place that it's basically – the place where I work now works on an operates off of a, a software online software yeah. by this company called um, Ginger, and uh, they have opportunities in customer service right now. And then also um, because I'm doing coding, I could potentially go into the coding side of things cool. and and work with them on coding. So wow. I kind of if I get my foot in the door, it would be an easy transition into having a coding job um, right. and and everything from where I am. So it'd be a good positioning. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and I'll find some other coding thing once I get through schooling. But well, the Lord will be done, man. You're doing good. Yeah, stuff. definitely. It's great. We're happy um, for you. Mm-hmm. My life's taking a great turn right now. Um, I am a lot better place than I was last week and the weeks before that, and in fact, for a couple of years now. So things Good. are really looking up, and I'm really happy. There's big, big weights off my shoulders, and um, I'm yeah. happy now. And that's it's you know praise God for all mm. of that. It's just wonderful. Great. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm in a good place, and I'm also talking about my uh, used to be all-time favorite game. Oh, so that uh, kind of hurts to hear, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that really pains me to hear. <laughs> you know, retro is retro. I mean, it's my all-time favorite retro game. So there you go. Until Breath of the Wild becomes retro. I don't know. I think Breath of the Wild, I could say, will be my favorite series. But, uh, like, series of games. But, like, Super Metro might be my favorite. I don't know. It depends on how, if they come out with a really banger Metroid. It won't take much. It'll take, like, just an amazing Metroid game that wows me to to unseat Breath of the Wild, probably. But they got to do really good on that. And that sells amazing. (laughs) I don't even care if it sells amazing, if it's just amazing to play. Like, if, if it's my own personal experience and no one else really, like, picked up on it, they're lost. You know, right. it's, it, it'll be my Metroid, you know? It's true. That's what, <laughs> that's what you get with um, The World Ends With You, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely that, that kind of feel. <laughs> I um, did see, side note before you get into the topic, I did see someone on, like, it was, like, Nintendo Voice Chat forums, whatever, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Someone was posting, like, who else do you want in Smash? And someone wanted Deku. Yeah, Neku. And that wasn't Deku Ryan. Neku. <laughs> it world ends with you, guy. Okay, okay. Sorry. It wasn't Ryan because Ryan's the you only person know. I've heard that once. <laughs> I know. Ryan. I was surprised. I I'm not the only one. You might be. <laughs> no, it, it might have been on Twitter. One of the two. But I am really looking forward to the anime though that's coming for the world ends with you. I you know what? It, it might if that if that anime is a hit, that franchise could get re like new life. And yeah, definitely. Having that dude in Smash one day could actually be a possibility if that cartoon takes off and that franchise. Don't grows. toy with my emotions like that. It totally. I'm just saying, <laughs> it totally could happen. I know. Oh, it'd be so cool. At the and same time, though, it didn't really happen with like Castlevania. I thought the Castlevania anime would like light the world on fire and kind of spark this new interest in Castlevania. But it just kind of seems like it's made for the fans who've already been getting the games. But. You mm-hmm. never know with those types of things. I, I mean, The Witcher, from what I hear, is doing really well. So, um, who knows what a the world ends I with mean, you? I mean, did uh, get him in Smash. Be. So, 
We got Castlevania characters in Smash now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a good point. That's true. You're right. That's true. And I feel like Neku would be a um, kind of almost like a better choice than Sora in a way because Sora has all these Disney properties attached to it. So I feel like Neku could be, be hard to do. more realistic. Yeah. And, I, don't know, I just mm-hmm. feel like he has like a better style to him in a way. You know, he's kind of like a mm-hmm. stylish Sora to me at least. They both could pull it. I could see how they both pull him off. They'd have to be probably wouldn't be able to do anything Disney. That was Sora, or it'd be really, really like, oh, that's obscure, or like, like a shadow of Mickey in the background or something. <laughs> right. Like you never know. Um, but you could have Sora's friends like join in there in, in the Final Smash or something. But um, now to uh, to kind of take the edge off this like thirst for playing like a 3D Metroid game because mm-hmm. I'm not playing uh, Prime. Yeah, um, yeah. Until the Prime trilogy comes to Switch, if it ever does, if, yeah. or Metroid Prime Four, whichever comes first. Um, so I, I picked up more fight, and I played a little bit of that, and it has that that Metroid Prime feel. Um, scanning is awful in the game, but uh, you know, just it's it's cool, like indie game, and it's kind of fun. More fight. So, hey, can I just say real quick how hot it is that my girlfriend's playing my Switch behind me? Like that's pretty hot. <laughs> Lay down on the couch. Eating a chocolate. You didn't need to say that, dude. It was obvious all over your face. <laughs> I know it was obvious, but I just had to point it out so all of our listeners will hear that. On, you know, I, you've heard it a thousand times, but she's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, they said she's a keeper. Speaking of hot girls, man, why don't we transition into the topic we got here? You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> the robot. <laughs> yeah, so the robot. Uh, you mean you mean the. Uh, the age-old question how you make metroid crawl time favorite game up until breath of the wild asterisk <laughs> super metroid we are finally here we are finally doing this episode this was super special to me um i have fought a bunch to try to get guests on for the show and no one really panned out and went well with it so it's just three of us like going at this game um leading up to this game uh chris and i was able to work together um to beat the game uh, get most of the power-ups i think we had what was it 90 something percent something like that yeah yep I think it, it was, was 90. It was, you know, close to close to 100%, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris got to experience that with uh, with some walkthrough stuff. I kind of picked up the slack towards at the end um, just because there's some really technical stuff with grapple beam and things like that <laughs> that get and, and wall jumps and, and everything and techniques and stuff that if you haven't been playing it obsessively for years over and over and over again, you're probably not going to pick it up in a, in a quick playthrough before an episode that we're recording. So... Um, but it was so much fun playing with you, Anne, and I hope you did enjoy every bit of the ride. I know you took some notes for this, so hopefully we'll see some of those notes come up in this show. Yeah, thank you um, so much for doing that with me. I, I mean, I'll yeah. probably get into it, but it was something I've been meaning to do for literally a, well over a decade, uh, just mm-hmm. trying to 
just play Met- Super Metroid. I'd never even expected to beat mm-hmm. it. So the fact that we were able to do both and we could do it together, even during a viral pandemic where we can't even be together, <laughs> um, and to, like do that handoff feature was awesome. So yeah, so thankful that we were able to do that. It worked perfectly. You were the perfect guide. It was it was great. So thanks for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So um, before we get into the meat of the game, let's talk about our memories, our nostalgic memories just with Metroid and our experiences with it. Uh, and it's Super Metroid specifically. Um, this may not have been your first Super Metroid, or might, not might have been your first Metroid game, um, but this is something that uh, it's, I'm kind of curious to see where you guys started. Um, this definitely got me in the Metroid series. Um, for me, I... Uh, I went over to my cousin's house, and they lived, oh, probably 30 to 45 minutes away out in the country, and um, their dad had this huge TV, um, and next to that huge TV was this little tiny tube TV that we hooked up the SNES to, and we all crammed around it, all four of us, sometimes five, and played Super Metroid together, and we all tried to figure that out. We'd just do that for hours, and then they forced us to go outside. And, and play outside but we'd always find ways to come back inside and play Metroid again um, so like Super Metroid was awesome to, to experience and all of us to work together it was kind of a community thing and so that's why like playing with you Chris um, with the handoff feature felt very much like that um, just like sitting like on the floor on a TV that's on the floor like just gaming together like kind of working through things talking about stuff and our, our experiences and, and how we figured things out and it's really cool so, uh, Jacob, what was your experience, uh, first experience in Super Metroid? Yeah, um, so I really didn't get to experience Super Metroid until um, the Wii days. Um, it was mm-hmm. late 2006-ish. Uh, maybe later, it was later than that, dude. It was way later than that because you let me borrow it. Um I, I kind of get it mixed up. I remember borrowing your Super Nintendo before I had a Super Nintendo, and you let me borrow uh-huh. it, and I played the game, and I beat it. Um, but I can't remember when that happened. Unfortunately, it's one of those memories that escaped me. Um, but the I do remember playing it that way, but I also remember playing it getting really bored from the transition from Wii to Wii U. Like, there was no new games. There was nothing uh-huh. coming uh, we the Wii was on the horizon, so like just really there was nothing happening besides the launch of the Wii U about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember getting home from tour. My I was on, came got back from my first big band tour. Just married feels like a lifetime ago. I had just gotten married, and uh, um, it was the winter. And I remember just being so hyped for new Nintendo stuff. So I went back and. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That was my second playthrough, and I replayed the game that way um, on my Wii Virtual Console um, as I mm-hmm. just waited for the new Nintendo to get here. So, um, yeah, that that's really my, my biggest memories with it. When did I borrow it? It had to have been in high school or something like that. Your... Yeah, I got rid of my Super Nintendo to get my 64, so... Um... Um, I am pretty sure that's how it pan- panned out anyway. Um, no way. You had a, su- new, a different Super Nintendo in the future, because I didn't. I played this way later, like after 64 days, after GameCube days. Um, that's when I borrowed maybe, it. Maybe 
my grandma had a Super Nintendo Mary, that might. Yeah. You let me take, because I, I remember in our GameCube days, remember you let you let me borrow your Super Nintendo, and I took it on a family vacation once. I have, like, footage of my mom playing Mario Bros. All-Stars and stuff on it. Okay, so what I think happened was my grandma got a hold of the Super Nintendo because she knew that we loved, me and the cousins loved playing Super Nintendo and Metroid. Yeah. So she got one for her house, and I convinced her to let you borrow it for your trip. It was so random. <laughs> there you go. So it wasn't actually mine, but it was kind of a everybody's super yeah. nintendo okay yeah i completely forgot about that <laughs> so my brain's a little fuzzy on exactly when i played it the first time but i definitely remember that second playthrough of the game on my wii as i waited for the wii u days and um to start up and uh man it, you know the game in general is obviously we're going to dive into it but it it was it was a great experience and i was glad mm-hmm. that i could just add that to the checklist of games that i beat and played mm-hmm. through Especially being just had becoming a huge Metroid fan in recent years, where I because I, I, I pretty much played all the other Metroids before Super Metroid, like mm-hmm. minus the original one. I've beaten the original now, thanks to save stage on the Miss Classic, but um, I had beaten Fusion Prime One, Two, Three, Super, or I had beaten um, Zero Mission, I had beaten Other M, like. You know, so when I, when I so oh okay, so Super Metroid, I beat Super Metroid before other M. Um, but yeah, I had played a, pretty much at that point all the games, Metroid games minus the original, and beaten them. Um, so it was definitely a treat to come back to like the legendary game. That, like this is mm-hmm. like what set the standard. Um, this is what Ryan obsessed over, you know, and loved up and down, yeah. and uh, I was excited to experience it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Metroid was a whole another level of cool as a kid. Um, oh yeah, Pokemon was was cool, but no, Metroid was even better. So, uh, so Chris, um, did you have any experience with Super Metroid before our playthrough? Was there any time that you maybe picked it up and dabbled with it or anything like that? Um, not really with Super Metroid. I do remember that my first encounter with the Metroid franchise in general was actually with Super Smash Brothers sixty four. And uh, I always heard about this franchise, but, you know, from what I remember, I was just like, okay, there's this robot, it's in space, uh, (laughs) looks pretty cool, has a cool outfit. And then I got Smash Brothers Melee, excuse me, for, uh, for Christmas when the GameCube came out. And when I started reading the descriptions and the trophies and listening to the music mm-hmm. from the franchise and looking yeah. at the unique art style of the stages. I was just so intrigued and I'm like, what is this revered Nintendo staple, uh, you know, franchise that I keep hearing about. And then the next year, Metroid prime came out. Yeah. Um, and I figured, you know, this is my first way to dabble into this franchise. Um, I was disappointed that there wasn't a Banjo-Kazooie adventure game, so I'm like, let me sure. try and you know experiment with this new style of an adventure yeah. game. So, um, you know, I had a new console, I wanted a new type of adventure, and I heard good things about it, and I loved Metroid Prime, and so I'm glad that I was able to kind of get a feel for what the Metroid franchise is about, and that I didn't mm-hmm. start with some other like weirdo knockoff uh, Metroid title, <laughs> but I. I just loved the the genius level design and the music and the enemies and stuff. But uh, in regards to Super Metroid, 
I didn't play it until similar to, to Jacob until like it came out on the virtual console on the Wii. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I know for sure I got it on the Wii U virtual console as like one of those free Club Nintendo giveaways as they like yeah. closed yeah. the service. So I was like, of course I got to get this. Um, yeah. But I only played it for a little bit. It's it's hard to play as an adult because, you know, it's it's easy to kind of put it to the side and then yeah. go back a few weeks later and be like, okay, where am I? But um, mm-hmm. I did love what I played with it, but uh, I will never forget that Ryan and I played it uh, pretty consistently. I'm very proud of us for that, by the way, from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Uh, and uh, it was that that was great. I just I don't have enough good things to say about it. It was such a fun new experience because we could play it online and hand things off to each other and Ryan you just pointed out all these awesome things that I never would have noticed before so uh, I personally will never forget that and I'm just so glad that I was able to finally beat the game and play the game and appreciate it for what it was you know so sweet yeah so there was that that's (laughs) going to be my future nostalgia for the game so that was really really fun awesome when did you guys start playing the game I think a month ago. Um, good question. Right? About a month ago? We, it took us three sessions. Yeah. Dang. To do it. Yeah. Long, three long so. sessions. How many? Were, like a couple hours? Yeah, I think like three or so hours each time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah three to four. Yeah. Dude. Are you still playing Donkey Kong Country 2? Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a break from that, but I think I'll jump back to it since uh, Total Super Metroid's out of the way. Total side note: We should we should play through that together, like you and Ryan did. Oh Metroid. yeah, I forgot we can do that. Yeah, now. It just got added. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so down. On. Yep. Let's do it. Yep. Sorry. Back on track. What were you saying, Ryan? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, with Metroid Prime, did you unlock the original Metroid and play it there? Oh no! Is uh, how do you do that again? Is that like you connect Metroid Fusion or something? Um. Yeah. Well, you got the fusion suit from that, I believe. Right. On Prime. But, yeah. There, there was a way you could play Metroid. You could play the original Metroid on Metroid Prime. Yeah. And then I think you could play the original Metroid on Metroid Fusion. Sorry, Metroid Zero Mission. But I don't know if you unlock the original on Fusion. I, I don't think. I, don't I think remember. you can only play it in Prime. No, yeah. you. Uh, yeah, by connecting it, that I think that allowed you. You got the Fusion suit, but it also allowed you to play the original Metroid on Metroid Prime. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of curious about that if you had some experience with the earlier one before that. But uh, well, Ryan, I, so, I am really jealous that you got to experience Super Metroid at like a young age and have nostalgia yeah. for it because it's one of those games right. where when you play it, it's just like, oh man, this is so genius. I wish I experienced this with like a fresh young mind, you know, and just Ooh. just got lost in this game and explored everything. So I am happy for you that. me out. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I had the school of hard knocks with no strategy guides and just friends to work with. So uh, it's definitely a different time. And and then we had spans of months where we didn't. I didn't get to go over to my cousins, so we didn't get to play it then. And it was a long time before I actually had my own copy. So, but we'd always like come back to it, and 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 it seemed like they never really played it unless we were there. It, it sort of always seemed like, um, or maybe they had a separate save file or something. I don't know. But well, it was it was cool to be able to experience that. For the record, Ryan knows Super Metroid like the back of his hand, and yeah. I have never met anyone who knows more about anything than Ryan knows about <laughs> Super Metroid. He knows every secret of every room, where to go, what to do, the best way of doing things. So it's yeah. he's like a, a walking human Wikipedia for or like <laughs> wiki for Super Metroid. So that for was sure. entertaining in its own way. Did. Did you guys 100% it? 
No, ninety percent. Yeah, we were doing it. We weren't going to go back and get everything. Um, okay. So we yeah we got ninety percent. Um, we we did fail to make that jump right before you had to make it across to grab that missile uh. tank before he dropped through the floor and they had to go up against that golden chozo uh, in Norfair. Oh okay. Oh I know what you're talking about. That that jump where you had to go all the way back around again. We never had to go go back around and yeah, get that. No. We just kind of went towards the end at that point. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> Well, but we got most everything. Should I well, give uh, uh, a few like background details about the game itself? Yeah, like what yeah, did, absolutely, when... and we can talk about the intro and the story is really what I wanted to highlight next. When so, did, let's when go did for it, it come out first? So Super Metroid came out March nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, which is crazy that it came out like so early in the nineties. Japan, considering how much of a masterpiece it is. Uh, yeah. Right. As everyone knows, it came out for the Super Nintendo. It was developed by Nintendo R&D One, um, and surprisingly, I didn't know this. Uh, also, Intelligent Systems, which a lot of people know mm. through uh, games like Paper Mario and I believe Fire Emblem. So you know, these are people who really huh. know their stuff and know how to make really intricate, complex games. Um, there's been many ports since, um, yeah. but something that I thought was really interesting is that. I was curious to see what the genre was labeled bef- like a few years ago because Super Metroid, as many of us know, kind of went on to d- um, pioneer this new genre that is insanely pop- popular right now that's named after it. So it's labeled as an action-adventure game, which makes perfect sense, but it is it inspired this subgenre of action-adventure uh-huh. games called Metroidvania games. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this is a, a type of genre where there's an interconnected map. Uh, there's lots of different obstacles. And as you, like, discover new items and power-ups, you're able to uh, make progress in that way. And you're encouraged to explore and experiment. And, uh, yeah, there's this very intricate level design. But something I, I think is important to bring up about this game is the gaming landscape that, was, that existed at the time. So in 1994... Uh, this was kind of towards the end of the Super Metroid's, I'm sorry, the Super <laughs> Nintendo's lifespan. Life, yeah. So, you know, this is this was a transition, or going to be a transition from 2D games to 3D games. So Super Metroid, unfortunately, came out at a very weird time where we were looking forward to the PlayStation, uh, Sega Saturn, and, um, you know, a, a new hot game came out at the time called Donkey Kong Country, which kind of gave these, like, <laughs> these pseudo 3D graphics, um, yeah. that kind of a look. So it, it did came out, come out at, at a very odd time, but I'm glad that it is experiencing this, um, this new uh, cult following ever since. So just wanted right. to throw that out there. So... The story um, sets up uh, basically right after the events of Metroid 2, which is Jacob's first Metroid game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the Metroid, she takes down the Metroid Queen and stumbles upon this Metroid egg as she's exiting the planet. And the Metroid hatches right in front of her and decides to follow her along. So she's like, okay, I'll take it, you know, pass it off to the Galactic Federation, have them study it. So uh, this takes place to the point where she leaves the planet and goes to the Galactic Federation ship or station and drops off the Metroid to them. Um, And then uh, she goes off on her way and then she gets a distress signal from the station. She has to go back and, uh, you know, uh, Ridley uh, comes on the scene and uh, 
devastates, you know, kills the scientists and, and steals the Metroid, and you have to sh- basically you try to save uh, Ridley or sh- try to save the Metroid from Ridley. Um, there is a section where at the beginning intro, like you can actually defeat Ridley in a way where Ridley actually drops the Metroid, and then uh, Ridley will come back, grab the Metroid, and then and zoom off into the. I did not know that. The foreground. So you can actually survive long enough to take out Ridley, and uh, it'll it'll drop the Metroid canister, and then he'll he'll go back and pick it up, and then zoom off. So yeah, you you can beat him there. <laughs> so there's there's cool little things that you can do alternate in the game throughout the game and the story. It's just it's it's really neat. Um, and the way that they tell the story wordlessly, other than the beginning where it says the last Metroid is in captivity, the galaxy is at peace. Yeah. Um, anything past that uh, is like they've got some typing stuff going on. But that was all spoken text, too. Um, and then they've got the couple of words, and that's it. And the rest is just silent. And you you basically experience this like a silent movie. Um, no no subtitles, nothing. And, and it tells this beautiful story. And uh, it's a story of loneliness, of some very scary moments, and just exploring this vast planet, um, taking down all these enemies as you go along, and dealing with the, the plant life and the, uh, the uh, fauna. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how it incorporated world building into its like graphical design. So as you're mm-hmm. playing the game, you'll notice these little uh, these little details like a fallen soldier, like the you know the body of a fallen soldier, or yeah. a cracked Metroid tank in the background, or something like mm-hmm. that. So you know through those like visual cues, you kind of get an idea of what the history of this area is and kind of what you can expect and. And um, yeah, it kind of tells a story through uh, through those methods, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy, like how they they used those elements uh, to tell that story. Like when you land on the planet, um, you know it's very cloudy. Mm-hmm. Um, even a, a rainy effect that you can see, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, at points and um, going through finding your first Chozo statue, it, it it even takes you through the initial Metroid experience, the first game. You actually go through the old area early on in the game um, where you go, you come in from the side where you defeated Mother Brain the first time, and you go through that whole area that you went through in the original Metroid, um, you know, working your way through exploring the old blown up uh, portion of the planet, and everything seems dead up until the point you grab the the, uh, morph ball and the place seems to wake up um and it's such a cool effect uh to feel like oh well this was deserted and and everything but no there's something sinister going on here yeah and that kind of opens up the the whole story of well i've got to figure out why this this eye just opened up and started scanning me and when i go up the elevator why these tiki's like turned and looked at me with their glowing eyes, you know, as I'm going up the elevator. Like the story that they told within the world is just <laughs> the subtle things. It's really cool. <laughs> I was gonna say that was the one thing that that really stood out to me the most. I thought it was so cool that you go down and you're revisit. You, you are going back from the pathway that you left from the first Metroid mm-hmm. game. You are going back and you are you are seeing. I don't feel like a, a video game hadn't really done that yet. At least not mm-hmm. from Nintendo. It's not like Mario World took you back to the first foundational steps of Mario 1, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this game took you back to an old video game, gave you what it, 
uh, image of what this world would have looked like in a 16-bit graphic era, you know, at that point, you, you hadn't seen any remakes of the original Metroid. So it was just really fascinating. Um, um, because, I, you know, by the time I was playing Super Metroid, I had dabbled in the original Metroid, and you, mm-hmm. you know, the furthest I got was... Pff, really, the furthest I ever got in the original Metroid game was to the Kraid Lair on my own. Um, outside of that, though, you're used to seeing the same crap over and over because you die so easily and so often in that game. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really cool to just see these familiar territory however like what you said everything was dead it was gone it was just like well this is like ruins of what happened from my first adventure um but then yeah that thing scans you and all of a sudden you realize like there's something else going on there's something deeper literally there's something deeper here and you find all these new rooms and you uh pretty much wake up the enemies that samus is back and um you better get out there or she's gonna ruin our plans again yeah, the game has such a unforgettable ending. Like when I think about the game, the ending is—I'm sorry, not the ending. The the beginning is just so memorable and and so. Ending's good too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it just it really hooks you with all the the unique things that you encounter along the way in the beginning and uh, throughout the entire game. My favorite part is the these different cinematic moments that happen. Uh, during the game and some of them are kind of like fake outs in a way um, and they kind of play with that as you go on with the story like these these kind of teases and and callbacks to previous events of the game mm-hmm. and even previous games in general so um, yeah this game has just such a high production value that very few other games at that time had and even looking back at it uh, you know I'm I played it what 20 years after it came out uh, I can still appreciate how much how much effort and, and detail were put into things like that yeah I know and we're, we're talking a bit about uh, more about the story and we're not gonna go into like spoilers or anything like that but just the story that they were able to tell with the music as well um, and the feelings they were able to pull out at the right times um, yeah it was just beautiful like the composer on this game just did a top notch job uh, and what they were able to pull out of the SNES and just the sound effects and the, th- the different creatures made different noises and things hot take and I don't actually really like the music on this game very much oh that is a very hot take <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'm really surprised loves, to hear that everyone loves the that underground like grassy area when you start getting into what you're talking about yeah mm-hmm. I don't yikes <laughs> it doesn't really fit Metroid to me you know I was actually really disappointed when I got to the Kraid area because I love the original Kraid music from the original the dun, 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 dun. I wanted like a 16-bit remix of that song and it mm-hmm. wasn't there and I was disappointed with what I got in return um, no I'm not saying every song in the game is bad no I think the intro was set up very good I think they did a great job at setting the mood and the atmosphere especially when you come from the intro when you're landing in like you talk about the storm and the dark presence you get you get that's really good um, you know I just I don't I just never felt like the soundtrack blew me away 
I, I, I just thought, mm, so it's okay, you know. I don't <laughs> see why it's so fascinating. But, um, yeah, that was my hot take. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Take. Very hot take. Welcome it. <laughs> you know, the, the sounds that they put in to the different creatures, like the Metroid trill, I love that sound. Like when you just sit on the uh, the start screen and it oh, plays yeah. that sad, like, s- scary kind of music. Very creepy. Like it's kind of forlorn. Yeah. And, and you hear, like, the, the trills and screeches of the Metroid there, too. Like, and you see it moving, but you see like, all the dead bodies laid out. Like, it's a gruesome scene in yeah. that start start screen. <laughs> I get a lot of X-Files feel from that intro. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I never even yeah, saw the definitely. show, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Very X-Files-y. From the old yeah. 90s, you know. Um, the, I thought the music was just masterful um i do understand in a way what you mean jacob um for me personally it at first wasn't exactly what i was looking for i at the time was more used to more upbeat and catchy songs and um in a way the music in super metroid is is a bit catchy but you know like you said it's very atmospheric it's moody it's it has this like menacing tone to it and um it is you know, a little catchy. I, I kind of got like Michael Jackson vibes with some of the songs <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to some of the songs on my way over here actually. And like, I honestly, I really recommend listening to it in the car. There's just so many different layers that you don't notice when you're like playing on the TV. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, I, I think it's a very interesting experiment in video yeah. game music, especially for the type of genre that it is. Um, but you do get this this sense that I'm on a planet by myself. I, I'm about to embark on this massive adventure, and I have a job to do, and there's a lot of uncertainty and mystery involved, and yeah. you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of surprises on the way. Um, but the, uh, the, the music has a lot of variety as well, so you get some like, yeah. action-y kind of sounds, um, and some very you know real calming songs i wish i knew what some of them were but um yeah I, and also coming from a uh, a metroid prime fan i yeah. loved that metroid prime took some of these amazing songs from super metroid and kind of revamped them and, and made them into its own thing on mm-hmm. on metroid prime and in, in future sequels so uh yeah i personally love the music and also the the sound design as well like like uh what ryan said with the the metroid kind of screech at the beginning oh, it's it's so totally. eerie but it just sets the tone so well dude oh my gosh yeah <laughs> um what about like know, there's go ahead um one cool element that they did um was the the bosses um as you hit yeah. them they change colors um mm-hmm. and that was really apparent most apparent i think at first when you're fighting uh spore spawn which is the plant boss yeah uh or the, the mini boss and as you hit this green plant it starts to turn brown and dies and then when you finally take down spore spawn um the husk is still there it's just brown and like the whole background even turns the same color like the whole room was this creature yeah um, it cool. was such a cool element yep. there to tell that story like you, the whole room was the boss um <laughs> it's just wow yeah it, it's so cool and then there's like the part of the planet that's like beautiful like basically cherry blossoms falling all over the place mm-hmm. and it's a really pretty area um 
just wow the the world is living and breathing and how they did that and there's so much to explore and there's a lot of creepy elements to this game it is definitely in the horror genre um i would love to just see like a modern take on it like i know that's speculating here but like we had those rumors of a super metroid remake and like man it just with modern graphics and just to just what seeing what they did on the 3ds just with metroid 2 like they mm-hmm. showed a lot more depth like they showed like detail of the dead soldiers that was showed up on sr 388 um mm-hmm. like they just showed their their campsite stuff that you had to make up in your mind from what you read in the book that mm-hmm. came with the game um but now like with modern graphics we could really get a more in-depth full-fledged story here of what happens on Super Metroid and because they did such a fantastic job in a limited area. So imagine what they could do now is what I'm saying, I guess. I love how even to this day, there's still new things that I'll catch and I'll see that I never saw before. Um, that's really cool to have those experiences. Um, yeah. oh, I never looked at it that like that. Like we were, there's, there's one room that looks like Samus's visor. Um, but then there was like a reverse and I always thought, oh, it's just, it's just like a weird, like upside down version. But Chris pointed out like, no, that's the shape of a Metroid. I'm like, it is, <laughs> it's like an eight foot Metroid. Like that, that's what the sh- the room was shaped like. Huh. And I just never, never would have that. thought about that. Like yeah. That. You beat me to it. That's, that was one of my favorite discoveries <laughs> with you when, cause I, I wouldn't have pointed, uh, what am I saying? I wouldn't have noticed that that room looked like a vi- visor or a Metroid or whatever. Um, until we started, you know, noticing it and talking about it and, and kind of like speculating and stuff. So um, if you really pay attention and observe all these little details, it it just really makes you appreciate what they were trying to create with, uh, with this type of game. And, you know, that's such a great example of that room being attached to the creature and its life, you know, uh, going away with it once you beat it. And it's the, mm. they just thought so hard about these details to make this world so believable and this this living breathing thing even though it's so foreign to us so uh yeah all these great surprises just really make you appreciate and and enjoy the experience that much more and it's it's very uncommon in a lot of games not many games go to this great length to make uh a gaming experience so you know i hate to use this word but like delightful in a way Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other? Was there any key moments that like areas in the game that really like just stand out to you the most? What's what's your most favorite part? I guess of the game is what I'm I'm getting at here. Uh, Chris, since you, it's more newer in your mind, what about you? What what do you think back on? Uh, I'll, there's a lot now that I think of it. Um, I particularly liked Kraid. Um, I went into this game not knowing that he was even in it, and so that was a really cool surprise because at the time I only knew him from, uh, you know, I guess, Smash Brothers Melee, where he's like in the yeah. background of the stage. So I finally got to play a game where he is the boss, and he was a large one too. So I just thought his, his the way he Did was you animated know? was cool. What was that? Did you know he was supposed to be the boss and? Metroid Prime. He's supposed. To, you remember the yes. when he fought the Omega Pirate. Yeah. With the plasma suit. He was. That was supposed to be great. But yeah. They changed it. I yeah. I was talking to Ryan about that. I'm pretty uh, upset about that because that would have been so cool. But <laughs> hey, Metroid Prime Four. You never know. I'm kind of glad they did change it. I mean, I want to fight Kraid in a 3D world, but right. You haven't. Uh, I mean, 
Ryan, that game does not count. It's <laughs> not a real Metroid game. Um, Nintendo oh, Land. come on. Nintendo Land counts. <laughs> that Omega, it wouldn't have made sense story-wise because it's an entirely different planet. So, like, it would have, like, really messed with me if they fought. But it was Mecha. It was Mecha Kraid. No, no. But anyways, back to what you were saying. You love the Kraid. Oh, yeah. Kraid was cool. I think my favorite moments stem from all the awesome boss fights are all so unique and different and they all, all have these like weird surprises and fake outs and teases and stuff so I liked Kraid um, I really liked that one where it's um, it becomes a skeleton kind of like you Crockmire. yeah it's like you you think you defeat it and then oh it comes back but now it's a skeleton or something like that so that was well, a that one surprise. freaked me out as a kid yeah or I almost screamed actually when I first played it <laughs> when it Ryan and I were playing it I was like oh don't scream don't scream you're a man it is <laughs> no it, it is it's really shocking you don't expect that you think you've won and you think like oh that was a close call you know and then it comes back that was I'm with you on that buddy yeah and actually, it's... one of my favorite moments, uh, sorry, just a, a quick thing. One of my moments was actually made from Ryan because one of the bosses, apparent, according to Ryan, there's like different ways of approaching how you beat him. So I think Dragon is his name, like the, I don't know, the underwater one, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. And so yep. Ryan uh, electrocuted him, which I don't think is the traditional way of beating him. So I thought that was pretty interesting how there's... You know, a variety of methods for you to approach that kind yeah, of. I was going to say, when I originally fought him, um, I didn't know about that, and I had to kill him. I killed him the old-fashioned way, and which is hard and frustrating, and you died a lot. But um, no, I was, I'm mind blown. The fact that you can let that thing hold on, and you grab the electricity, and then you basically instant kill it. Yep. This huge <laughs> boss that is supposed to be hard, and there's a whole pathway to, to figure out how to beat it and you can just kill it like that it's like what yep mm -hmm. that was really cool it's like the minecart level in donkey kong you could just jump in that barrel and skip all of that yeah <laughs> you don't know that's that's a good point that's funny how there's a lot of donkey kong and metroid similarities honestly <laughs> um you know and, and chris showed me something i didn't know uh the boss mm -hmm. that i have the most trouble with uh fantoon um which brings me to my favorite area of the game. Um, but yeah, Fantoon, yeah, like, right. Chris just made quick work of him, like, really fast. And what he did differently was if you hit Fantoon with different weapons, he reacts differently. He does different attacks and, and does, like, Chris never once saw the, the fire wave uh, mm. that comes in the arc from both sides. He never once saw that Little because wave. he just used standard missiles against, against him. Oh, no wow. charge beam, no super missiles, just standard missiles. And uh, and he was able to just like mow right through him. That's cool. Fantoon. Wow. It was like I've never seen anyone do it that quickly before. I have so much trouble on him, and he made it look so easy, <laughs> like like even easier than Dragon. <laughs> Don't get used to it because I am awful at pretty much every game, so I'm flattered to say the least. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. cool that you even after all this time and as much as we play that you discovered something new like that. Yeah. Wow. I know. I'm really um, surprised considering how much you've played it. And I was just playing it the way that I normally would have. And, you know, if I wasn't playing with you, I would have just been like, well, that was that. <laughs> I usually die like, you know, two or three times. You know, I have to save back at the ship. So it's a long trek to get back to the yeah. to the wreck ship right. and, and go down there and fight him again. The wreck ship uh, Without cool. save states. Yeah. Why is that your favorite um, area, Ryan? You didn't say that. Um, Why? Just because the story that they tell there. 
um, once you basically go into this wrecked ship and all the power is, is sapped out of it. Like there is no power whatsoever. All the, the robots are powered off. Um, and then you go and you fight Fantoon. And once you defeat Fantoon, like the power comes back on again. The place comes alive. And um, the robots start moving. Um, the uh, There's these like, oh, like Adam looking yeah. enemies um, that, that break out of their holding. Um, and the ghosts that were surrounding the whole place disappear. Um, there's like these like skeleton clusters yeah. that, that appear before before the power comes on. Um, but once the power comes on, um, that all goes away and the, the ship com- comes alive, but it's also a very damaged ship. So there's electricity everywhere yeah. uh, and sparking out and, and everything. There's like frayed wires and there's just, you kind of explore through those wreckage of the ship. Um, and you get to a certain point um, where you see Metroids displayed on monitors um, throughout this one room and it's really cool to see that and know that like there was some kind of connection with Metroid here um, and I think it was I want to say it was Ridley's ship um, that crash landed there I don't know for sure yeah I don't know I was going to ask there's a story behind that but I don't really think I think know. it was I can't remember exactly what the lore was there with that ship um, but yeah again they're showing that those Metroids there um, and then just some of the puzzles and stuff is fun like you go into the Chozo statue and it comes to life and it carries you uh-huh. um, yeah. across these spikes, but then it starts to go down into the spikes and you start to panic like, oh no, these spikes are coming up to me. What do I do? And you just go right through them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it doesn't even hurt you. And it's cool to have that Chozo statue carry you. And then, of course, getting the gravity suit is just one of the coolest things in, in the like game to get that maneuverability and that kind of d- defense against attacks and things. Like, you get definitely a good upgrade on your armor. Um, and then just how you can move and everything. Um, and it's just a really cool area. I absolutely love experiencing the wrecked ship um, and all that it has to show and, and the puzzles. Like there's one where you hit those robots into pits and then you could use those robots as as uh, gaps to do a speed boost across all of them Yeah. Um, to get to a reserve tank yep. uh, boost. And there's like lots of different like little intricate tricks you can do to get power-ups in the area. Um, it's just, it's fun. I really enjoyed that area and just the story that it tells there. It, there's so much mystery in the wreck ship. Like, where did this come from? Why is it displaying Metroids? Like, mm-hmm. you know, plus there's this ghost squid boss that saps all the energy, you know, from the place. And it's just, there's so much told in such a small space. Um, it's really cool because it, it, it's a really small place on the map. But I just I love the, the, the personality and the story they told there. What about you, Jacob? Um... You know, I really, and this can kind of segue into the topic we wanted to get to a little bit here at the end, but, you know, I really am, uh, ultimately what I love about Metro more than anything is I love the story. It always engages me. I always want to know more. That's why I get so frustrated that we don't get as much Metroid news as we do get, like, Zelda games and stuff. Like, I want more Metroid. I want the story unfolded. And um, that leads me to my point. Is like, probably... I'm not going to be cliche and say the final boss fight is my favorite because even though it's amazing and I love it, it's up there. Uh, I want to say it's the scene right before that. I really love when you mm-hmm. finally get, like, you basically annihilated. It's a repeat of what happens in the first Metroid game. You kill all these other Metroids that were basically test subjects down there. Um, you kill them all. And then you get to the very end, but then there's one more Metroid, and it's massive. And mm-hmm. you basically... <laughs> you think like i'm screwed what do i nothing i'm doing is going to fix this i I can't beat it but then it stops on its own and it it realizes 
it's the baby. It's the baby that got stolen in the beginning. It's it's mm-hmm. your friend. It's the one you rescued. And it recognizes you and realizes, oh, no, I don't want to hurt you. You're my mommy, basically. And gives you back your energy. Um, I thought that was a really cool moment. It was really touching. It was. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of runs off, like, almost like it's going to go cry because it hurt mom. You know, like. Mm-hmm. It was just, it really was an intimate moment that they showed between Samus and the Metroid again. Which mm-hmm. then leads up to the ever heartbreaking part at the very end of the game, which, spoilers, we won't say it, you know, something happens. <laughs> so don't play Other M. It, it spoils it right away, so. Hi, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so I really liked that part. That whole area down there is cool. It's just you're building up to the final sequence of the game, and, mm-hmm. um, which you can... Um, I believe you can actually screw yourself over and like you can like there's something like you have there's something bad you can do down there like there's public a surface the announcement let me tell you never save in the last save room before the boss that's it if you save there you can never go back and never go back and exploit to start an all new save file so don't save in that last save room yeah because you're stuck downstairs entirely because mm-hmm. you get locked out once you go down there Yep, um, once you pass the Metroid scene, um, you can't go back any further. So, wild. yeah, don't save on that last save save station. There's two save stations on Turian. Don't save on that second one. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess we can kind of segue a little bit into, obviously, the final boss fight. Um, you fight, it's like almost like a repeat of the original game. You shoot Mother Brain, and you think you win, and yeah, it's the same fight. But it's not the same fight. Mother Brain goes like Super Saiyan on us, and uh, <laughs> she is hideous. She actually looks scary now. Like her old yeah. normal form isn't scary. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of a it's lame. Just a brain with an yeah, eye. It's kind of a lame looking boss. But this finally gives Mother Brain. She made herself a body. She's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and uh, it comes for round two. This game is known for round twos apparently. Um, and uh, amazing um the fight is and you um any i mean i know you don't want to spoil too much here but i mean recap uh, what do you think about the final fight guys i mean i I don't have too much to say i think you guys uh had a a good way of uh phrasing it but it was just very surprising uh i remember when i was playing with you ryan i was just like oh oh okay i was not expecting that um and it was just like a a fun way to kind of end the game and um a fun way like a kind of like a fun twist that uh you know harkened back to old uh metroid moments so i thought that was pretty cool but yeah it was fun i liked that it was foreshadowed that uh there was more to mother brain than just the, the top layer um when you go to the old place in in super metroid like you you go and explore explore the old turian or whatever it was uh, when you first fought Met- mother brain in the first one and uh, if you have, uh, I believe, power bombs, you can actually drop below um, where she was sitting, and you can go down in a chamber down there and get a power up. Um, I think it's a, like a power bomb expansion. But there's actually more chamber down below um, there, and that suggests that there could have been more to the body. There could have actually been a body in development then, um, with that that secret there. I never um, knew that. Wow. I'm so you can kind of pick up on that um, early on once you had the power bombs you could actually drop down below um but then like you get to f- see that and, like if you didn't know to look for it you wouldn't have picked up on that was, oh it's just another you know i can explore underneath where another brain was cool right you know but it's really cool to see that um 
and that progression. And wow. they told such a great story. And and much like how Super Metroid, you got to experience the the first. You kind of got to go through the first area, or the, uh, some areas of the first game. Um, you got that kind of in Other M, where you got to experience the older stuff of Super Metroid. You got to see that whole scene in 3D, and it was cool. If that if that's the only takeaway that you took from that game as Mother M as being good, like I, I don't fault you for that because that cutscene was really cool to see. Like that whole that play awesome. out Super Metroid fight in Very 3D, awesome. like so awesome. Like I got chills when I saw that. Yeah, it blew me away. Not gonna lie, <laughs> the whole game it just it doesn't do it justice. But that scene. <laughs> um, I think uh, you know as we start to close in on the episode here. Um, we need to talk about those animals, uh, the animals that you befriend in the game. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, they basically teach Samus a bunch of abilities in this game that you didn't have in previous Metroid games at this up to that point. Um, they're like little alien monkeys, a, like a, a, a flamingo ostrich looking thing. ostrich bird. Yeah. Um, I think, is that it? Or is there anything else? There is another creature, but it doesn't make it off the planet, unfortunately. The turtle and her babies... Oh. Um, which the turtle actually kind of hurts you, I guess, to protect your babies. But well, the turtle doesn't make it off the planet. But the Eticoons and the Decoras uh, do get off of the planet. It so. is a turtle, so it's kind of slow. But um, <laughs> Yeah, all the babies and the turtle die, But you can save them. They're at the very end there. You yep. have the if option If you take a detour, uh, the, the plant's exploding. you got to escape. And you can take a detour if you have the time to go and rescue them. Which you're not thinking about that because you're like, no. All you think is, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. But once you really, if you get really good at getting out of there, yeah, you can take the detour and have enough time to save them. Um, And it changes the end of the game slightly. (laughs) Yeah, if you save them, it shows them like escaping, doesn't it? Yep, it shows like an escape pod or something like zooming off from the planet explosion. Yeah. Can I just ask, why does the whole planet explode here? Like, I don't feel like that the lair literally took up the whole planet. The first bomb was a time bomb, and it just destroyed the upper surface. Um, Because Turian was so deep into the planet when that bomb went off, it destroyed the core. Caused the whole planet to blow up. Okay, wow. Wild. Um, well, I guess, you know, we, I guess to transition to our last little part here, we wanted to talk about, I know it's, um, the pot or the, we talked about how they showed within the game, the cinematics, but today we had a, uh, a, a, like kind of, um, a topic that came out on Twitter about the latest Metroid Prime 4 update, how they're looking into finding people to lead, um, a more cinematic, um, trailers and, and whatnot in the next Metroid game, which we didn't really have many of those in the past Metroid games, especially Prime. Um, but we did another M, and people are scared of that. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're trying to go more of a cinematic route with this. It leads to suggest that, basically, with this mm-hmm. game. Um, I actually think if it's done right, it would be really cool. And maybe that's the hook that Metroid does need, a bit more of a cinematic look and edge to it to make this look like a wow such an attractive game you know what i mean like to really really just grab people's eyes and attention um 
do you guys think this is bad? Because Metroid's always been good at telling the, telling the story through the gameplay. Metroid Prime, you scanned everything. Um, what you we just talked about, Super Metroid. Um, the game itself told the story. Or do you think the game in the series, for it to sell better and to just grab more people's attention, maybe... I mean, they're buying... They're getting people from successful first-person shooter franchises, like top-of-the-line sellers working on this game. And if they're going more of a cinematic route, maybe that's a thing that they all have in common, saying these games sell because they engage here. They engage here. And how will that engagement work in a game if they keep to the, the, the formula of isolation and Samus alone, not some random guy killing everybody that gets killed himself. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Well, I I personally, I'm open to it. I think there's potential there, but I'm a little turned off by that kind of angle, personally. Um, I think Metroid is at its best when you figure things out by reading the world and and uh, yeah, the world around you and figuring things out for yourself. I think that kind of making progress through like this kind of like puzzle mindset is is a more engaging way for me to um, for, for me to enjoy the the game. Um, that's just me personally. Uh, I do remember that during Metroid Prime Three, they did take a slightly more cinematic approach with. Um, uh-huh. With you know characters talking to you like Samus Aran, yeah. come to this room with me and like you know that was it was kind of crap. It was impressive <laughs> and you know very novel at the time. But looking back, it's it just kind of turned me off a little bit. It's fine. It's not a big deal, it, but it's just not. It, it took where, away from Metroid. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, totally was going for like a Halo feel. Right, right, and you know there's different ways of of you know handling the Metroid franchise, but. For me, Metroid's more about the gameplay itself and engaging you that way. Um, I, 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 it's I don't know. It's if you're alone on a planet, there shouldn't be too much of this grand story to tell. I think it's more about the puzzles and obstacles and surprises that you find along the way. I think that Metroid Prime One and Two, especially, had a great way of doing it, where it was kind of cinematic because it was a 3D game, but it did it in very short, tasteful bits, and I, I think that is the best way of doing it. But you know, I'm open to anything that they think would fit the franchise better. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ryan. Um, I kind of go both ways on that. Um, I don't want to see a lot of what three did with the talking and yeah, the no. the dialogue with the the uh, Federation, f- you know, fleet just for the sake of dialogue um it didn't seem they used it as a tutorial in a lot of ways in other ways and and it was cool working alongside the soldiers but the the day-to-day banter just i felt like kind of took you out of that metroid experience yeah um in the action scenes it was kind of cool to you know drop dropping a drop ship with them and they were blowing up doors as you're moving on further getting deeper into the planet the phase phase on planet and everything that was really cool be able to work with them and i think what they're going with in this next expansion of metroid is full-on space combat we're going to see like star wars level battles where the galactic federation is going up against whatever space pirates or whatever and samus is going to be piloting around this is probably the first time we'll be able to fly in space with samus in some way wow um and that takes a lot of like 
strategizing, a lot of planning on cinematics and, and, and how they're going to tell that story with those space battles and things like that. I can see this being a grandiose game, um, but I hope that there's not a lot of words and a lot of senseless banter and the action scenes are really action-packed and the things that get you hyped in movies. Like, I'd love to see that in Metroid, yeah. but I also want to get those intimate, like, exploration yeah. of planets and, and still see, like, living, breathing worlds and hear that story told through just the subtle things, too. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of things, and music especially ties into your emotions. Yep. Um, and that's that's a thing, like, keeping that horror element going. Like, the GFS Valhalla definitely pulled off that horror feel, um, but kind of like a dead space almost in, in that feel. Like, And they wanted to get that Metroid horror aspect as well. And just like getting all of that to mesh together, you're going to need a lot of different people to work on something this grand of a scale. So the, the the development team that comes together for this Metroid game, um, it's gonna be massive. Like if they keep going, you know, and they do other projects and things. Like this is Nintendo's next leap into the future of of what we see flashy graphics, really awesome, epic, yeah. cinematic experiences. Right. Um, and Nintendo games. That's crazy to think, you know. And and but Nintendo is not the one to sacrifice gameplay. And they've proved that by completely scrapping Prime 4 and starting over because it did not meet their standard. And so we get a game that meets their standard and has all these cinematic things that they can pull from, like in this grandiose, like, next-generation video game feel. And are we going to get that? Is it going to be amazing on the Switch? Is it going to be a Switch Pro that makes it look even more amazing? Who knows? But, you know, they're already talking about testers pre-alpha testers going into this game so there is something out there that some people can play yeah. you know and it's really cool and i hope they don't miss the mark on this and go too small scale um unless it's really intimate and tells that metroid story silently yeah. um but i feel like it's just gonna be grandiose and i think they're going to have a good solid multiplayer as well um yeah and i'd, I'd love to see that um however that may take place if it's going to be like a Star Fox assault thing you know, land, you know, air, space, or, or what, whatever. Um, it'd be pretty cool to see that. Um, and we, we've seen two games now that talk about Silex, so Silex is probably going to be in Prime 4. He's definitely Whatever that may be, whether he's taken a bounty from the Space Pirates to capture Metroid or whatever, who knows where he ties in and everything. Um, there's hired to kill Samus by the and Space Pirates. Metroid 2 dropped the hints of... Um, you know, of something to do with potential Chozo lore. Yep. And maybe that, maybe it's not Space Force, maybe it's Chozo, maybe it's Ooh, both. Who knows? There's a whole bunch of things that could go on there. Like, what if there's an evil fleet of Chozo that shows up to, to fight? And there's something to do with, I mean, Prime is at the center here. So maybe Prime was reduced to a, a microscopic mist or something. Who knows? I, I always argue that the logo on Prime 4 it was phase on mist like everything exploded but there was still like a mist left and that I don't know that was trying to slowly get alive. spread and stuff <laughs> it, it's an out there theory but um i think that metroid prime is going to be it's more than just a moniker yes they've done metroids like metroid prime uh, hunters didn't have anything to do with metroid prime um it was completely removed from that story so they could say metroid prime just say prime is the 3d or they could actually fit Metroid Phazon stuff in there. Maybe they found a way to recreate Phazon. Who knows? Or Something anything could go with the story with that. Well, guys, I have a, a question for you, actually. Uh -huh. um, in thinking about Super Metroid's legacy, you know, it's such a classic, and it's 
it's so beloved by by so many people especially nintendo fans how do you think this game holds up today how well do you think it's aged because i i have a unique take coming from someone who just recently really played it for the first time mm-hmm. so what Super do you guys Metroid. think mm-hmm. um i think it's perfect i think it it's it's one of those things that it's not like Mario 1 where Mario we talked about this today in our group chat with Mario 1 and Mario 64 those games defined genres um, but you see how they don't you just see their age and mm-hmm. um, Super Metroid created a genre defined it and it, they it was pretty much perfected on the first time they ever did it and um, to this day you can pick that game up and play it and have a blast with it and you're not like oh the controls are a little clunky or no like they they nailed it i mean you talk mm-hmm. it's almost as perfect that you can get i think to a game creating one so i think it holds up phenomenally and it looks phenomenally and yeah it even sounds phenomenally um, i would say the game isn't perfect um but it's darn near close um there's some uh, it, it just controls really tight um, I think if they the wall jumping mechanic is really hard to pull off um, it's different from any other kind of wall jumping that you'll have it's it's really unforgiving like you gotta be like perfect on, on how you do the button presses to get it's it gotta to, be good get the man. rhythm down what's wrong with that um, and so that's not necessarily a bad thing and I like the wall jumping in that no, it was a lot harder than you know when you got in further or later Metroid in- entries it was easier to do the wall jump um, yeah. but I think the big thing that drags down the experience and shows its age is they did poorly do the grapple beam um, the grapple beam mechanic was really difficult to work with um, and you could find shortcuts to kind of fling your way through by like using the grapple beam just for a short time to keep your momentum going and use it again for a short time you had to be really like precisely timed on how you hit those grapple beam points um and swinging around ridiculously it just it didn't that doesn't age well um it it was a cool mechanic but i don't think that it it really controlled well in super metroid they could have done that a little better but other than that like they've done grapple beams in other games that felt really comfortable um and that was something that that needed some growth and they did improve that as time went on i say that would be like a very small thing on a perfect otherwise perfect game um i can't fault it for anything else the music you know the the mechanics other than that like the exploration the secrets like some of those some of those uh secret power-ups and stuff like those expansions are really really out there and hard to get (laughs) yeah i i totally agree with uh the both of you um for the most part um one issue that i had and you know ryan knows this because we were talking while we were playing is you know as a new player as someone who just started this game um some things were just a little too obtuse to me like kind of like the language of the game doesn't really give you clear indicators that this is exactly where you need to go and this is exactly where this hidden power up is and stuff so it's not as obvious as a lot of games that have come out after uh, Super Metroid. So that, for me, took a little bit of getting used to because you're really on your own and you have to really explore. And, you know, for example, the X-Ray Visor, 
it shows you a lot of things, but it doesn't show you everything. There are some mm -hmm. secrets that you can't uh, easily notice uh, through the X-ray visor. But you know, like you guys said, the music is incredible. Uh, the music is—I'm sorry—the the gameplay itself and controls are uh, very tight and responsive. Um, just a little strange with like you know the grapple beam and uh, I, that sprite thing. I forgot what it's called. What was it, Ryan? Like where you were the shine, shine spark? Yeah, shine spark. Um, that was a little odd. So you know, after a while, I did kind of er, prefer for you to play because I thought the controls for that. Oh, the were... space jump. Oh yeah, the jumping with the space jump is what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, it's a very cool feature, but I just found the uh, I don't know for me personally, and maybe this is just me playing on like a pro controller on the Switch and not the Super uh, Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, it was just a little a little odd. But um, yeah, I thought the, the constant and consistent flow of upgrades, like you would constantly get like a new power up and it was, it was very consistent and it made you feel so powerful gradually and it was very rewarding. So that I really do appreciate. Um, but yeah, my main issue was just like the, it's some things were not so obvious, but it is a very fun game to kind of like, if you have nothing to do on a weekend, uh, just explore every nook and cranny to your heart's content, you know? In 2D Metroids, they did have indicators in rooms. Once you've been visited a room and you've cleared it, True. Um, it would show like a big circle where a secret might be in that room. And then if you once you found it, it became a dot. So yeah. you know that you okay. collected it. Did you? Did uh, all of them have a lot of those though? indicators? No. Um, Fusion did it, um, but it didn't. I don't think it told you how many were still missing in the level. I don't think. Um, but Zero Mission lets you know how many secrets you're still missing from that area. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So they made it a little easier, almost too easy. I like the spending long amounts of time trying to figure things out, but most people don't. <laughs> I mean, like, as an adult, uh, I just, you know, I have a lot of things going it's on, hard, so yeah. I only have a little bit of time. So it is a little hard in that way because this was made in a simpler time where we didn't have cell phones and notifications constantly. Right. And there wasn't a game coming mm -hmm. out, you know, multiple times per day. Yeah, you know, at yeah. the time, it was just like you got one hit every couple months, yep. you know. So, uh, and this was like sure. the game of that year that you had to play <laughs> pretty much. So. Um, you know, it's a, it's a different world and it takes some getting used to. But if you can yeah. kind of frame your mind to, you know, just kind of get lost in this world and really appreciate what is there for you, um, it really is a, an unforgettable experience. And also, I, I think mm -hmm. the, uh, the types of weapons and upgrades that you got were just so clever for an early 90s game like the x-ray visor the the grapple beam uh like the the where you like run really fast and and into these you know blocks or whatever i just thought there was th these really clever ways of you know uh, advancing through the world through these items and, and uh, abilities so um you know looking back from metroid prime and seeing like the origins of those items i'm just blown away by what they were cool. able to come up with at the time for sure mm -hmm. well well i think that brings us towards the end um so uh to wrap up uh super metroid is awesome we will be revisiting this game and um and an hd remake um maybe even an in-depth someday definitely um but this is something that it's definitely my baby. I hope Nintendo handles it really well in doing a remake. 
when they ultimately do, um, because I've got a lot of nostalgia and a lot of fondness for this game, and I just I hope they don't do it dirty. Yeah. You know? <laughs> don't give us a uh, Federation Force adaptation of Super Metroid in some random that. way. Like, no way. don't don't please. <laughs> Don't put that out in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can we, where can everyone find us, guys? Uh, you know, you can listen to us every week. You know, <laughs> you can find us at the Nintendo Village, uh, nintendovillage.com slash Nintendo Nostalgia. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon, and Pandora Podcasts. Uh, also on YouTube. <laughs> Getting there. <laughs> and then you can find us on Facebook at Nintendo NOS, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, uh, on Instagram at Nintendo NOSIN. Shoot us an email at NintendoNostalgiaIN at gmail.com. You can also give us a call on our Nostalgia Hotline. Share your memories and show us some love at 317-969-5690. Guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Later, Preston. Bye. Bye, everyone. totally clipping that and putting it at the end of the episode oh gosh there you go good